Hi, Gary Stone from Sharewell Systems here. Sure, you may be trading stocks, ETFs, CFDs, futures, or even cryptos and FX, but how do you invest the money that really counts, including your retirement savings? Do you do it yourself, or do you feel you lack the strategies and confidence and have instead entrusted your retirement to a managed fund or financial advisor, or to somebody else to grow and protect your biggest investment? Go to sharewellsystems.com and download a case study that dissects a real money portfolio, which has achieved a return of double the ASX 200 accumulation index since January 2016. Sharewell Systems is proudly powering the spotty Your Call Hour right here on Ticker. Welcome to Spotty, everyone, streaming to you live for the last time this week from Melbourne Town here at the Ticket News Studio in glamorous Richmond, where for the last time this week, we're going to shine a spotlight on your shares and answer your questions live on air. So how do you get to ask them? Well, Dexter's waiting to take your text message and then going to have a well-earned rest. Uh, the text number there is 0480 or alternatively, you can email us, question at spotty.com.au. Of course, the beauty of both those communication means is that they're open 24-7. So whenever you have that itch that needs scratching, then please, by all means, send that question through and put it in your smartphone. Uh, it's the best investment you'll make of 30 seconds of your time. Uh, you'll see those contact details, of course, appear at the bottom of the screen. So let's bring in today's chief spotters, starting with someone who, well, he's so adept at helping capital, uh, companies raise uh, capital and float, he would have hardly had noticed the rain up there in Sydney if he was up there. But he's down here in Melbourne, of course. It's Niv Dagan from Peak Asset Management. G'day, Niv. How are you doing? Hey, guys. Thanks very much for having us. No, thank you very much for coming on, Niv. Very much appreciated. But look, Niv, why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself? I alluded to the fact there that you do raise uh, capital uh, for companies, but give us a bit of an insight in regards to your investment background and the unique way that you participate in this space, because I think it resonates with quite a few people watching. Yeah, so early, I've come from an institutional background. So Macquarie Bank, I ran HC Securities and uh, Peak's been running for about eight years now. Uh, our whole model for those listening is all about co-investment, which means we only put opportunities in front of investors. And those investors might be your high net worths all the way to your small cap funds or institutional clients, unless we're co-investing and backing it with our own capital. We are a sector agnostic. So we do look at technology to mining, infrastructure, hydrogen and psilocybin impacting anxiety. Um, but yeah, we're very particular in what we do. And uh, it's great to be here today and uh, appreciate your time. Oh, no, there'll be plenty of opportunities for giggles. But look, yeah, psilocybin, I think it should be noted that you are one of the first um, you know, institutional or I suppose yeah, participants in the space to bring it all to our attention, Niv. And now even Andrew Robb has got on the back of it. And uh, there seems to be quite a big push uh, government-wise. So I hope that yields very strong returns for you and your investors. Peakassetmanagement.com.au is the website to go to to learn more. And they've got this great little newsletter you can sign up for. And you get one in the morning and in the afternoon. And you can keep abreast of what's going on in their world, plus any other opportunities that may be coming on the doorstep that you might want to participate in. Next, well, it's someone who basically is going to play the role of parent for investors for the coming few months, I dare suggest, as we all sit in the back seat wondering whether the correction is here yet. Is it here yet? Is it here yet? Well, it's Justine Pollard from Smart Trading. G'day, Justine. How are you doing? G'day. I'm well, thank you. Thanks for having me again. Now, tell me, are you getting sick of the question? I mean, everyone telling you, is this it? Is it finally going to collapse? I mean, again, we woke up this morning, everything was down. Look, rather than answering the question, 
Why are you getting asked that question is probably more important. Tell us a bit about your background, Justine, and how you help investors at Smart Trading. Okay, so I'm purely a technical trader. So I read off the charts. All my decisions are made off charts and and it's and having a trading plan. So as you know, my big thing is teaching people how to write a trading plan, which is my book, Smart Trading yep. Plans. So ch charts is basically how I look at everything. And right now, I mean, the Aussie market's just been going sideways, oh boy, since late last year. Um, it's been struggling to even get up above 7,000. This is the ASX 200 I'm talking about here. It's just stalling, but I, I like it when the market stalls. It's taking a breather. It can't keep going up and up. Uh, so a breather is a good thing. That I mean, it's going to go one way or another. Uh, so it could be a breather for another breakout and another run. I don't know. <laughs> it could break down. But right now it's definitely stalled its trend but it did have a very strong run up for over a short space of time uh, prior to that breather that it's taking right now yeah one year to be precise yesterday justine and that's why we brought you on as the voice of reason because perma bulls like niv and uh, myself will be out there uh, years back we'll be going along uh, for as long as they'll take us but you're here to provide the voice of reason smarttrading.com.au great little thing to sign up for the 10 most trading mistakes that most uh, investors make. Uh, no, not that you can replicate them, uh, more that you can actually identify what they are and learn from them and learn how Justine can help you avoid those traps moving forward. Okay, well, currently as we go to air, guys, the market uh, is on a positive trend. The XJO up 0.46%, the XAO up 0.41%. So it looks like the uh, big guys are the ones driving the behaviour today. Let's look at some of the market news. And Niv, I'll start with you with regards to this one, the reaction towards Premier Investments, who today reported half-year net profit rose some 89% to $188.2 million after revenue grew some 8.4%. Now, Niv, I know you're a big fan of the fluffy boots and the luxurious sheen that polycotton blends can give you when you're working from home. Uh, what did you make of the result? Uh, because, of course, it continues the recent trend that we've seen of strong results from retailers, doesn't it? Yeah, now look, Premier had a, had a really good uh, report. Uh, net profit, $188 million, which was up over 88%. They also had global sales up 18%. So we're seeing a really strong pickup globally. And they also reported a really strong uh, lift in, in earnings and, and EBITDA. So across the board, um, we've seen the stock price currently up 2.67% in trade. And um, look, really, really impressed overall with the results and uh, very, very happy to hold this one. Yeah, I mean, paying that 40, uh, 34 cent dividend, I think it was. Uh, although I did note they said they're going to keep JobKeeper in case COVID comes back, um, though they won't be using that amount as part of calculating their bonuses, I suppose. Uh, good old Solly Lou. In other news, registry business computer share has gone into a trading hold as it looks to acquire um, the uh, company, uh, the Wells Fargo, I should say, Corporate Trust Services. The purchase price is some $750 million US dollars. Uh, is expected, according to the company, to be 15% EPS accretive on a pro forma basis in FY21. Now, when you include full synergies, and I love this bit, based on the ongoing organic growth and cost savings, there is a clear pathway for the business to generate a 15 plus 
uh, return on a 15% plus return on their invested capital by the second half of 2025. I love these ones where they bamboozle everyone. They've raised capital, of course, at 800 or 835 million Aussie dollars is what they'll be raising. The good news is, though, is that they are doing it through a renounceable rights issue, which is a good way to do it. And it continues with their expansion into the Canadian and US markets. So that all looks in train. Uh, I will go to you for this one, though, Justine. GrainCorp, GNC. Um, is their code, of course. Uh, they released a, pre a presentation to analysts uh, explaining how a range of operational changes and efficiencies that they're going to be make, making uh, will basically uh, allow them through the cycle. Now, folks, what that means through the cycle is it means removing the you know, cyclinality so that it's like an average rather than you know, the ups and downs that can occur with a space like this. Of EBITDA of around 240 million by 2024. The savings are only 25 million, to be honest with you. I weren't all that... Um, great. They said they're going to be utilising their excess port capacity during quiet times for commodities like wood chips, fertiliser and cement. Um, and they're continuing with other on uh, operational uh, efficiencies as well. Now, one thing I found interesting was that they didn't actually mention anything about the floods. Now, that's probably because wheat is a winter crop. So um, seeds will be sowed uh, in autumn around now. And if anything, the impact, there might be some that be impacted, but it won't be too large. However, I would have thought a general comment, you know, in support of the region that actually makes their profits would have been nice. Justine, ignore all that. Price action. <laughs> Grain Corp has been one where, you know, you talk about markets going sideways. Um, this is one where it's left a lot of people in lament because often by the time the buy signal is given, it retraces and then sell. And it's uh, sort of one of those uh, whipsawing type of stocks. What's your view in regards to GNC's uh, price at the moment today up another three percent actually so the market like that announcement to four dollars 85. Yes I mean GNC struggled to get beyond five dollars it hasn't been up there since 2003 so it's really been stagnating you know in that sideways but overall it's sort of building up a little an uptrend within its its channel so the lows are getting higher and right now it's just sitting under five dollars so there could be some upward pressure that could push it through $5 or it could just fizzle out and stay below it. Um, for me, I'd have to watch and wait because it's just been stuck below there for such a long time. Mm. I mean, look, in terms of levels, though, I know it's hard because it just seems to perennially disappoint in that regard. There always seems to be something that occurs. You know, ignoring the fact that people often get, you know, you know trigger happy and want to press the buy button really quickly, what sort of you know, solid breakout level would you be looking for to confirm that at least you know now is over? Would it be that five dollar level, or would you even be looking higher than that? The five dollar level. I mean, it tried to get uh, a breakout back on the around the eleventh of February. It got up to five dollars and then completely fell away. Uh, but that fall away was higher than its last low, so it's sort of displaying an upward trend happening there because those lows are getting higher so right now it's at the same point it was in february and it's just a matter of well can this time it get above it or is it just going to do the same thing it did in february and fall back down mm. yeah no very uh, very true we watch that space uh, there but at least the market likes today's announcement premier investments just for those uh, who want to have completeness up another three percent today and of course computer share in a trading hold. So it's now time for us to answer your questions. So just a reminder, of course, that all the information in today's show is of a general nature only. None of it takes into account your objectives, financial situations or needs, even though we're answering your questions. Uh, just a reminder, though, that we do hold interest in stocks. We do try to disclose that when we uh, 
uh, talking about them if uh, in the cut and thrust of stock discussion, though we sometimes forget. So by all means, we apologize for that in advance and feel free to contact us if you wish to get any clarity there. Uh, our uh, spotty, of course, is proud to be brought to you by our great sponsors at ShareWealth Systems. So go to sharewealthsystems.com to learn how they've helped Australian investors outperform by giving them an edge over others. So why don't you become the tortoise and win the race of investing life? Go to sharewealthsystems.com after the show's finished, of course. All right then, guys, time for us to go to questions. Um, I'll throw the first one at you, Niv. It is out of left field. It's not a stock that's widely known. The code is PLA, Pala Pharma. Now, for those that don't know, um, it's a... It's a drug company and they make basically drugs to you know, assist with pain relief. And they basically go from growing the poppy seed through to eventually manufacturing the actual pill. So Niv, I know it's a space that in terms of a little bit of a stretch in regards to where you have been playing in, in a few of those other sort of medicinal areas, but you know the general thematics is still the same. PAL, is it stock that's ever come across your radar? Um, and what would be your thoughts uh, on it at the moment? Yeah, look, I haven't come across it, um, to be honest with you. Having mm. said that, the whole pharmaceutical space is starting to look very, very interesting, uh, especially given that the US market's starting to be really open up post-COVID. So I've seen just in the background that they have completed a, a rights offer and uh, they're fully funded. So they do have capital, which is always something that we do look at, whether the company is come raised. And obviously, um, if they can go out and, and manufacture and supply the, the entire the, the pain relief market. It's, it's, a, it's a large addressable market. Um, mm. Technically speaking, and uh, having a look from the chart might get Justine's view, but it is in a bit of a downtrend as, as people can see. So we probably want to look at that high, 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 low from a technical perspective. So it is still in a downtrend, but want to, to keep an eye on. The issue here is liquidity as well. So it's very thinly traded. So we'd have to have a look at management's ownership in the top 20 as well. Yeah, no, very true. Look, you know, the, they did, did come out and I suppose, you know, they've come out and they've started production of their uh, 3500 cocodamol uh, tablet that's going to be coming out of their Norwegian uh, product facility. But look, yeah, Justine, I mean, Niv touched on the head. There's a big addressable market for painkillers globally. Um, it's more of a traditional one rather than some of the more alternative, newer um, fields of study like with uh, cannabinoids and, and the like. But with regards to this stock here, that price trend really doesn't look that good. So what sort of lessons, I mean, we know it's going down, but what sort of lessons should investors take when looking at a, a chart like this? And, you know, yes, if we're holding, um, what sort of levels would we be watching from here on in? Because let's face it, a lot of the heat has already been taken out. Yeah, it's it's down at its lows at the moment. It even gapped down not long ago, but it mm. is illiquid, so it tends to gap a bit. So it is hard to read charts when they are illiquid and they and they do gap a lot. So it's but it's definitely at its lows right now, which isn't favourable for it. Um, but yeah, I guess it's it's going to be driven by what the company continues to do and how people feel about it. But its chart isn't the most attractive looking chart right now <laughs> yeah. and um you know with a lot of things i mean when medical cannabis was running really strong it ran for a very short sharp time and you needed to have a strategy where you knew how to take advantage of that trend and when it ended you got out of it um you don't want to still be in it when it starts to fall very strongly because a lot of those stocks never recovered or so far haven't um so you can ride waves while we're, while they're there but when they're not there it's a matter of waiting for them to happen again or focusing 
on something else. <laughs> yeah, no, very true. And and that's all part, you know, what you write in your book there in regards to you got to know when you're going to get out before you get in even. And, you know, if you're in it for a good time, not a long time, then obviously these are things you got to watch. Um, look, a question from Gary for you, actually, Niv, directed towards you. Uh, again, one of those uh, long-time first times. And I've got to admit, it's been great this week. We've had a lot of first-time questioners ask us questions. So thank you very much for uh, contributing to the program. And we love all our uh, long-term questioners as well, of course. Would love to hear your thoughts, Niv, in regards to Sabre Resources, code SBR. Uh, it's it's taken a bit of a hit since it was last mentioned a couple months ago and would just like a current update in regards to how the business is going, if you wouldn't mind, please. Yeah, look, so Sabre is a company we, we've conducted a number of raises for. One, we got in at 0.00125 with options. It ran all the way to two cents. So investors made significant capital. We also uh, came back into the company at around that 1.1 cent level with a one-for-one -one option. Um, investors, once again, had an opportunity. There was a lot of hype regarding some of the gold tenements overall and um, came out with not much in the ground. Um, stock fell and now it's really been positioned. It's got over $4 million in cash and around five and a half, six million market cap. So when you're looking at it, it it's purely a, a listed shell. Um, mm. So look, we, we've actually been accumulating around the 0.5 cent level for transparency reasons. And um, um, look, constantly talking to management, um, very interesting. I mean, obviously gold is one angle, but we know that they've also got other projects. So hopefully we can get a bit more visibility on some of that over the next uh, month or two. Um, Copper's been in, in the news. Um, we've seen obviously lithium, um, uh, cobalt. So there's a, there's a number of other base metals, but um, yeah, look, the, the key that I'm sort of the, the general advice for everyone listening at home is just remember, always important to, to lock profits along the way. And um, the mm. beauty about having listed options is that you can take your profits off the heads and just keep the optionality with the options. And that's something that we give advice from a general perspective as well. Yeah, no, very, uh, very good advice, actually. And um, yeah, replay that, folks, again and again. And ask us if you're uh, unsure as to what that means, because that was a uh, very good advice there. Um, just seeing a question that was uh, posted towards you from Lani, your biggest fan, number one, who's done all your courses and highly recommends them. Um, would love to hear your view on Polynovo. The code is PNV. Um, it's one that's uh, been in and out of in the past and are looking to re-enter, but it's already shot higher. Um, now, just a technical view in regards to where it's currently, currently sitting. Looking to crack that $3 mark, I will disclose, I have done on this program, that I bought after that initial sell-off. So my second part, well, all my parcels are up, but so has my second parcel. Can it break that $3 and resume its uh, recent trend? It did disappoint on the uh, results, but they continue to expand globally. So the news is quite good. And once COVID reopens and yes, the need for their uh, dermal replacement uh, skin is back, um, you would assume sales levels would get back to where they were. Can price, Justine? Well, I can tell Lani's done my course because this is one that came up in my scans okay. and I actually <laughs> bought into on the 22nd of March. So um, it had been going sideways beautifully. I mean, I wasn't concerned by the $3 level because the resistance was around the 277 mark. Uh, and it had hit that level a few times and even recently. And when I see a push through of a resistance with volume support, and I like my candlesticks and, and a nice white candle, that attracts me to it. So it was something that came up in my scans on that day and met my trading rules. So that was the entry into that one. So $3 for me doesn't, isn't showing 
as strong a resistance as the 277 was because that was okay. where it was struggling and yeah the last sort of week it was really headbutting that level and then when I get a break of a level it was struggling to get through and there's volume support with a nice upward day that attracts me to it. Oh, well, look, let's put it this way. If it gets uh, up to uh, $6, uh, Justine, I won't be doing the program no more. No, look, let's <laughs> talk about um, another. I'll stick with the mining sector. A uh, question from Tone, actually. Um, Tone says, uh, Hawkstone, your thoughts. Now, Tone, you realise they don't charge you on the text message by the letter anymore. You can write a little bit more into that to give us some colour, but that's all right, Tone. I know this stock because I hold it. It's got their big sandy lithium project in Arizona in the US. Today they came out with an announcement that their lithium recoveries, which currently sit at around the 90.7 mark, have been purified uh, thanks to the good people at the Hazen Research Centre and now provide a 99.8% battery-grade lithium with minimal lithium losses, uh, according to the company, that is. Now, pretty standard pop and drop, though, what you've seen today. Uh, hit 5.1. I couldn't sell then because I was driving into the studio, uh, but that's okay. Um, why would I have bought back in eventually? Well, basically, it's one thing. President Biden is keen as green mustard uh, on renewable energies, and as David Hunt told us yesterday, it has that smell of musk about it. Old Spice, perhaps you can call it. Um, now, it's going to be volatile, though. I think it's fair to suggest that. Niv, I won't ask you so much about Hawkstone, but I will ask you about the space. Um, you know, the, the move towards green, Europe's been all over it for ages. The US are about to discover it and Australia's been dragged along, kicking and screaming behind it. In regards to lithium, are there any in your stable um, or that you've had participation with that you are keen on that you'd like to bring to our attention? Yeah, look, we really like the whole uh, green and what's happening sustainability-wise. Um, Overall, regarding lithium, um, look, the key is essentially obviously the grade and uh, just like anything in terms of the deposit. But the, the other thing as well that you know, everyone listening at home is really the supply and, and, and really are there any offtakes or any bigger groups next door. So Europe's been a very, very strong advocate, the US as well, and, and now Australia starting to, although lagging behind, they're starting to find a bit more fruition. A stock we're looking at um, is a company called Magnus, which is MNS. Uh, we're, we're discussing it very, very closely. They're building a huge gigawatt factory uh, in the US right now and um, one to keep an eye on, especially on the on the back of Novonix, which hit over a billion dollar market yeah. cap just a few weeks ago. So, look, we do like the space. Um, great is everything, offtakes, partners, distribution and infrastructure and funding as well. So uh, there are a few and uh, smaller ones as well that we're keeping an eye on that's um, doing a bit of research. Yeah, actually, one, I'll get a view from you in regards to MNS if I can, Justine, because it is one that's been uh, you know, heavily discussed in regards to the social forums and the like, and there is a lot of big thing happening there. So if you could just run your eye over an MNS or and HWK, what are those sort of charts telling you? Because there has been a retracement in the broader sector with regards to lithium. Is it just a healthy pullback or something more sinister or too early to tell? Uh, well, HWK, sorry, somebody's mowing their lawn outside my house. I'm just going to close the window. <laughs> this is real life TV, folks, like the good <laughs> old is, days. It's live. <laughs> um, HWK, uh, it, you know, it's had a pullback and really strong bounce today with the volume. So mm. it's definitely charged up. It's not as liquid as what I would like, where Magnus has a lot more liquidity in it. So its chart looks a lot more attractive to me mm -hmm. and it's had a beautiful breakout so it's had a 
really long-term downtrend. It's been basing and it's broken through a significant support level very strongly at the end of January there and and shot up. So it's it's been stepping up nicely. So it's from its, its lows, it's stepped up to another level and it's just taken another big step up above the around the 27 cents where it was stalling, 25 cents where it was stalling. And I like the fact that it's got above 25 cents, it's pulled back and it's holding the 25 cents. It hasn't collapsed back in there. Oh, mm. good. Ah, excellent. All right, then. Well, that's good. So there you go, folks. You didn't even pay for admission on that one, MNS. Uh, I tick from both our guests. Well, we're about halfway through, folks. So just remember, of course, to go to the website over the weekend if you uh, have some... Uh, uh, withdrawal symptoms with no spotty. Uh, Spotty.com.au is where you can go to watch the replays. Uh, you can also listen to us on your favourite podcast channel as well. And you can learn about our consulting services, of course, that we make available to a select group of clients. Now, remember also to take some time to download the Share Wealth Systems white paper, 16traits.com, to learn the qualities required to be a successful investor, as authored by our great friend, Gary Stone. And today we need to understand our limits. Well, there's no point starting, uh, you know, basically walking up Everest if you have a daily diet of eating meat pies and having a packet of gaspers, I suppose. And really, it's the same with investing. There's no point dropping $1 million into the market in order to manage it yourself if you don't know what time the market opens. Now, being honest about where you stand right now in regards to your level of expertise will help you find the areas that you need to develop on. So uh, this is where basically you learn to plug those holes. And when you plug those holes, then you're going to have a rock solid ship that'll help you stay afloat in any flood particularly when the markets run the other way. Um, go to download that ebook, that's 16traits16traits.com to learn the 16 traits required to be a successful investor today and how you can build yourself around those in order to have a rock solid plan. All right then, uh, back on the market currently, the relatively oh, good, actually the market's up since we started, the XJO 0.55% uh, up, the uh, All Ordinaries up 0.55%. Four eight percent. I will go to you again on this one, uh, Niv. I don't know if you're familiar with the business. It's called Laserbond, code LBL. The question comes from Sammy, who sent it on the uh, Twitter machine, um, which I was lucky to come across. Sammy, send it to the other ones next time. Question at spotty.com.au or text us 0480079089. He noticed it because it's come up on his radar. He says it's increasing its earnings, and actually they do have some pretty solid uh, 2022 forecasts. Return on equity is near 30% and it pays a dividend. So LBL, uh, Niv, what light could you uh, shine on this one for us? Yeah, look, interesting company. I'm just looking at uh, Canaccord just recently deducted or reduced its price target to around 80 cents per share. Hmm. Uh, but they're um, very, very interesting about obviously surface engineering and, and looking at wind farms as well. Um, they've got a very interesting uh, patented technology uh, for materials and providing different properties. So erosion, heat and corrosion. Um, I haven't looked at the financials, uh, probably need to take a closer look at, at the financials. They are working with some very large clients. So BHP, Alcoa, Rio Tinto, Caterpillar. So that obviously is, is really important. But the, the big question is, is that, I mean, whether they can really get into that market size. They're talking about over a billion dollar, the addressable market, which we like that. Um, having a company with a very large addressable market is really important. The key, the key is whether they can obviously get some traction. And it seems mm. like with some of the validation with some of the customers, they certainly are. So probably have to have a look at the financials. If people want to come back to me on that, um, that'll be great. Okay, thank you very much there. Uh, the next question comes from Nini, uh, one of the great supporters of our program. Uh, question would like to know our thoughts in regards to Vysan, V-Y-S. Now, 
Uh, they're the old uh, MH, uh, or sorry, MHM uh, metals, the old shell there. And basically they're involved in something called hydrogeological drilling. Uh, and, you know, that's obvious to everyone. <laughs> okay, I'm kidding. Uh, hydrogeological, as the name would suggest, it involves hydro, which is water, and geology. Um, so basically it's drilling in order to dig wells um, or for mining purposes more specifically um, when there's a water bearing layer in a drill hole, for example, and fixing that up. So they did recapitalize. They bought some drill rigs and they got ISO certification. They won some deals at Rory Hill and enthusiasm bubbled actually to the surface. Now, since then, though, to be honest, it's been a bit ho-hum. The news flow has slowed down and the price sell-off has reflected that. So the latest result, they said they reaffirmed their $6 million EBITDA target, um, though they did mention that the December to February period had been a little bit slow. Um, so look, you know, Nini, if you knew what hydrogeological drilling was before asking this question, then you're up for wait and see. Uh, if you didn't know, then you would have been stopped out a while ago. Um, why would that have been the case, Justine? Why would Nini, if she'd been using charts, being stopped out of something like um, a VYS? Uh, and in particular, what to do around these levels? When we see these sort of Mount Fuji patterns, as we call them, they go up and then they come down <laughs> the same way the other side. You know, how do you manage a position like this and what sort of levels would you be watching from here on in? Yeah, it's clearly broken down. I mean, looking at that line chart you got on the screen, it's at it's at new lows, so it couldn't stay above 10 cents. It mm. had held above 10 cents for quite a while and it's collapsed below it. And if I just put my trading template on the chart, my stop loss would have been hit. So I would have been out of that trade if it was a trade I was in. So the fact that it's broken through a support level is a very unhealthy sign for a share. And yeah, I always have a trailing stop loss on my trades. And if they, if they don't perform, I don't want to stay with them. Mm. Yeah, no, sage advice. Thank you very much. Niv, a question came from Chris also on the uh, Twitterverse. Wanted our view in regards to VentureX Resources VXR. One that I've sort of got a very keen interest in because I've sort of got a man crush on Bill Beeman. Um, because I was on that much of that journey from Northern Star. Uh, basically, he's gotten out of that in order to be part of this, and he's putting $34 million of his own coin uh, into the enterprise, a copper and zinc explorer. Um, so, look, obviously still too early to give a fundamental view on this unless you've uh, uh, kicked the dirt on the side or you've done the raising, which, um, unfortunately, I know in your instance, uh, no, that's not the case, Niv. But I want to talk about the concept of back in the jockey, the management teams. And if you wouldn't mind, because you're going to provide all of us with a pretty unique insight, what, what you know, without asking the specific questions, and please don't give answers either, <laughs> um, what do you ask when you sit down with the team? I mean, you know, they're coming cup in hand, and no doubt they've all got great stories to tell, but as we know in the market, it doesn't always end in happy endings. So, you know, what are you sort of looking for from a management team before you commit your coin into them? Yeah, no, look, it's a really good question. I think when you're looking at management, a few things you want to know. You want to know, uh, do they have enough skin in the game themselves? I mean, are they motivated when the tough gets going? Um, are they going to do whatever it takes to look after their own shareholding, whether they've brought their own family and friends and they're in a circle? I think that's really important, that, that pain barrier. Um, so skin in the game and inside ownership we look at. We look at the past track record. So, you know, with stocks, when, when people say, you know, past performance is not an indication of future performance, when it comes to management teams, it's absolutely, I mean, any past performance or what have they done 
Uh, what businesses have they been involved in? Have they been able to create shareholder value? Have they had successes? Have they had failures? So I think looking at ownership and inside ownership, the team around them, uh, do they have that pain uh, threshold with their inside ownership with their family and friends? And what have they been involved in the past? I think they're the real key um, barometers. What do they get paid? Um, are they you know, running a business that's a $3 million market cap and taking $300,000 in salaries yeah. and just using the entity as essentially as a lifestyle company? Or are, or, or are they really getting paid, let's say, equity instead of um, uh, cash and really are vested to create shareholder values? It's all about that alignment. I think that's really important. Yeah, couldn't agree. Uh, couldn't agree more, actually, in regards to that, Niv. So thank you very much for that insight. Um, look, I'll go to you um, in regards to this one um, in a moment, but I just want to talk about a company. It's Lafroy um, Exploration, LEX. And the question comes from William. Look, they had outstanding drill results in February where they came across some pretty solid intercepts for both gold and copper at their Burns project. Uh, that it's currently working at, which is about 50 kilometres southeast of uh, Kalgoorlie. Well, it's high grade, it's shallow, um, it's hosted within a fresh porphyry system and it's open. So it's got all the magic ingredients you want, which is why you saw the price spike like that. The other thing I like is that the managing director, a chap by the name of Wade Johnson, obviously he's a Simpsons fan because 300 metres north, they're currently (laughs) drilling at Burns. uh, Or from Burns, sorry, they're drilling another place called Smithers. Uh, No doubt the hounds will come next. Uh, look, we'll need to basically uh, wait to see what sort of uh, uh, results come out of that uh, drilling at Smithers. Um, but in regards to Burns, it, uh, there's more drilling coming out of that to gather the extensions and uh, the like. But, you know, it's t- we're talking pretty solid high grade here. But what I do want to talk to you about, Justine, again, is about that concept of, you know, the pop and stop, those sort of ones where, and we talked about it before the show started, there were a few questions on on these illiquid stocks where they gap up really, really quickly. And usually in technical analysis, we say, oh, yeah, you've got to fill the gap before then you continue. In other words, you've got to take a breather and then the price sort of sorts itself out. What sort of guidance can you give when you get this sort of price action? Because let's face it, we've seen quite a bit of it in recent times. How should investors you know, consider trading this? One, if they've been on the right side of it. And then two, if they haven't been on the right side of it, when they could possibly start to play themselves. Yeah, it was certainly an illiquid share before that big bang that took place on mm, um, the, yeah. the 23rd of February. Uh, and a lot of liquidity obviously came into it at that point. So is that the majority of the buyers right now that um, have driven it up. Uh, so, I mean, I've seen stocks that have been a liquid. They, they charge up after something fantastic happens, but then there's nothing to sustain it after that. So right now it's going sideways. So it's, I mean, it's gone up, what, nearly three times its, its price uh, nearly in one day. Mm. And now it's ranging at the highs that it made then. So whether there's going to be enough liquidity now to hold it and actually create a trend out of this i don't know so if you were in it then obviously win for profits you know i have that in my trading plan and that's something that i i activate in situations when a share rises a large amount in a short space of time Mm -hmm. pull some money off the table um and i've just got my trailing stop loss sitting on the rest of the trade to determine when to get out of it if you're not in it then it's just a matter of watching it to see well is it now going to be able to hold the levels that it's at? Uh, are the, uh, because profit-taking can happen and people start to take their profits out. And if it starts going nowhere, they get a bit fed up in waiting. And 
if there's not the liquidity in it, as it has been in the past, it could force it to fall lower. So it's, it's a hard one when the, the stock's been an illiquid stock um, as to how it's going to handle these prices because you need the buyers regularly coming in to keep it up there. Mm. Yeah, no, excellent. Thank you very much, Justine. And I'll come to you for your two stocks to watch in a moment. But Niv, before we go there, a company that Phil asked about, it's Credit Intelligence Limited. The code is CI1 for those playing at home. Oh, and sorry, that company was LEX um, there just uh, before. But with regards to CI1, you mentioned management and how important that is and understanding you know, who they are, particularly on these liquid guys. And Look, I don't want to say anything because I might get in trouble here, but, I mean, we're talking about a company that today uh, had to reissue a statement whereby one of the boards of directors uh, hadn't actually bought stock, they actually had sold it, um, and they got that wrong in the notice that they provided the ASX and the share price has fallen since. It has that uh, Mount Fuji pattern, unfortunately. For those that don't know, involved in debt collection predominantly out of Asia, uh, they did try to reinvigorate their share price, I suppose, by saying they wanted to enter the buy now, pay later space. Hasn't really worked. Again, is this just another telltale sign of the importance of the people running the uh, business there, Niv? Yes. So I actually know Russell Goodman. He's a, he's a nice fella. And, oh. and I think it comes down for people at home is, is just surround yourself with good management teams. Um, yep. I won't go into too much, but when you do see sort of, you know, the, the job of management in general is to promote their stock. And, and then you have to go, what's behind the wall? So, you know, the buy now, pay later space in Hong Kong, I mean, you know, it was all the hype. Um, I think, you know, you need to be very, very careful in terms of what is hype and what is actually fundamentally driven. And mm. you've seen that. I mean, and Justine can have a look at the chart. It was just really up and down like a yo-yo. And we've seen a lot of troubles right now. And it looks like Russell is obviously selling down based on his change of director's notice. And um, look at past performance as an indication of future performance and the track record of the management team. So don't want to go in too much, but... Yeah. Um, that's a, that's a good example. Yeah, I, and yeah, that, that's the important thing to stress, not suggesting Russell's engaged in anything wrong. I'm saying from the company administration perspective, they've got to make sure they get that stuff right because he did what he did, disclose it correctly. They just recorded it very wrong and that's now being addressed. But yeah, obviously you've got to do your due diligence and sometimes the price is the uh, insight into the investing soul. All right then, Justine, time for you to step up to the plate and help us shine a light on two stock opportunities that we're going to sit there and listen attentively to. Uh, and then uh, do our own research after you mention them. We're going to see if they align with their own tolerance to risk and our investment objectives and then consider them as an investment opportunity. And of course, this segment is brought to you by the great people at Macro Capital who provide execution, research and a whole bunch of other tools to help you stay ahead of the game. Macro.com.au. So take it away, Justine. What two stocks do you want to help us see the light on? Okay, so as we know, a lot of the buy now, pay later shares have all come off. Mm. I was in a couple of them and not in them anymore. But the one that started to spark up yesterday um, that came up for me was uh, Pushpay. Okay, so yep. Pushpay had a nice um, gap up yesterday with a really nice candle breaking above its um, last lot of um, highs that it's made and it had the, the volume there to support it. So uh, it's just one that I'm sort of keeping an eye on to to see whether there's enough strength in what happened there yesterday to to hold it up mm -hmm. um, because I do like it when they have gap moves with volume support and, and a nice up candle there too. So that's one that got my attention. And another one that came up that got my attention was uh, Brainship, BRN. So it has 
one that's, I mean, it's now in the ASX 300. So it was one that had a superb run, then it came off, didn't go very far, and then, then it's gapped up and moved higher. It sort of it range trades, but it actually has broken um, to new highs just recently. And I would like to see it try and hold around the uh, where it broke out from around the 65 cent mark and see whether it's got that strength to stay up there. But it has had some volume support in that, that run as well. Um, PMB was one I was going to talk about, but that one came up in our conversation. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, there are two others that... Um, that have got my attention that I'm, I'm having a look at in the charts. Mm. Excellent. So uh, PPH, BRN, and yes, Lani's earlier question on PNV uh, also comes up. Interesting with uh, PushPay, we talked about it uh, yesterday. Actually, you might be interested. Um, Justine, the Hulyuk family has now sold out their entire holding, and that's been a constant overhead uh, for the business in regards to pressure because they had a massive holding, obviously. They founded the business. And now that that's cleared, um, there was a bit of relief there and hopefully this is the start of a return to positive sentiment. Um, Niv, time for you to step up to the plate and tell us about two stocks that you're keeping a keen eye on and we're going to shine the light on. Of course, again, we have to assess it on our own basis and our own tolerance to risk. So what two companies, Niv? Yeah, a company that we've uh, been backing is a company called Netcentric. The stock code is NCL and we talked about management and inside ownership. So... Ganesh Bungar, uh, a SEAL entrepreneur, he, he actually was one of the youngest CEOs that listed a NASDAQ company uh, about 20 years ago at the age of around 20 years old. Mm. Um, founded uh, Commerce Asia and done exceptionally well. So he, owns, he owned, before we got involved, uh, 84% of the company and the top 20 controlled 97%, so it was very tightly held. They engaged us to add a bit of liquidity. So we did a placement at 15 cents per share with a two for three options. Currently trading around 21 cents, but they just advised early in the week that they've integrated themselves with Shopify Inc. For those at home, oh. Shopify have got over 3.6 million online stores, and that's going to open NCL to over a million merchants. So one to watch, um, and for disclosure, we do have a position. The other company that we, we've got a position in, um, for those at home, and, and who doesn't like candy, is Candy Club, and the stock code is CLB. We feel that retail sales in the US are really starting to open up. Um, The US market's expecting, I think, retail sales about 85 to 9% this year. And um, what uh, Candy Club's done very, very well is created a store within a store concept, essentially an e-commerce marketplace uh, for allowing, like if you're a a grocery store or flowers or selling shoes, also an ability to sell candy. Don't laugh, but it is a very, very big business and that's growing exponentially. So... Uh, NCL and CLB, we're keeping a very close eye on. Excellent. Thank you very uh, much. And that was our See the Light segment brought to you by our great friends at Macro Capital. Go to that website, macro.com.au, to learn about their services today. Niv, before you go, though, be very keen to just hear what you are currently working on in regards to the team in the background there, um, what sort of raisings are you looking at, and you know, if people are interested, then they can go and follow you on your website. Yeah, we're looking at obviously at the green space. Uh, we're going to be listing a, a green hydrogen company called Countrywide Renewable. They've got a relationship or a partnership with Woodside Energy and they're commissioning the H2 TAS project. Uh, they put a submission a few months ago, uh, Arena, it's a $70 million grant. And we're going to be finding that out over the next few weeks in terms of what percentage of that grant will be repaid. They've signed a number of offtakes and MOUs as well. So one company to keep an eye on for those that are keeping an eye on the green hydrogen space. We've also signed a mandate to list a copper and gold 
exploration company called Ascari Metals. That will hit the boards probably in May, only a $2.5 million enterprise value. And we're also looking at the plant-based food space as well. So look, we're keeping an eye on a few things um, for those at home uh, be in touch. Yeah, indeed, very much so. And uh, yeah, exciting stuff. And of course, Justine, we can go to your website. As I mentioned, those 10 mistakes the uh, new traders make, or we could just go and buy your book, can't we, for $39.95, which uh, will give you a whole box and dice in one reading. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> but look, I suppose just quickly though, um, what let's talk, of, because uh, Niv and I are the bulls, what level would it need to break above in order to uh, get us to pin the ears back very quickly? Uh, the XJO, that is. Um, what sort of level oh, would you XJO. say to be positive? Yeah. Well, let me bring the chart back up. On the upside. We're not interested on the downside, Justine, if that's okay. <laughs> yeah. So right now, um, probably the 6,950 mark. That's the last. Okay. That's the resistance that it's created right now. But mm -hmm. the ultimate would be to see it break through its COVID highs of the 7200. I mean, that would be the ultimate to know that we've got, we're, we're above where we were pre-COVID. Yeah. So, well, yeah, definitely the 6950. That's pretty much the GFC level that we got to. And then we broke out of that pre-COVID and yeah. we're back under there. So Don't worry, Justine. Niv and I will be pushing as hard as we can. So on behalf of everyone, thank uh, both yourself, Justine, from Smart Training for your contribution today. Thanks very much. Thank you. And to uh, Niv, my fellow Melbourneian from Peak Asset Management, thank you for your contribution today. Thanks. Thanks for having us. Okay, well, that's our last show for this week. Go to the website uh, on Friday to see who will be appearing on the Monday. Uh, speaking of which, if a question pops up between now and next week, then please email a question at spotty.com.au or text us 0480-079-089. Thanks again to our great sponsors at ShareWealth Systems. And remember, download that ebook, 16trades.com.au. And, well, until next week, I'm Elio D'Amato. You've been watching Spotty, and together we've been shining a spotlight on shares. Now, where can I get a vaccine shot? Stream Ticker News Live on the Ticker app, on your social media platforms, or watch live and on demand at tickernews.co. News as it breaks and the stories shaping our lives on demand. Ticker, streaming news now.